You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Mike Tirico with the call there. T. Higgins with a really great game last week against the Buffalo Bills. And when he's been healthy, he's been awesome, you know, because he's really good at the at the game of football. Uh, T. Higgins, though, it was reported by Ian Rappaport about 10 minutes ago in real time. We, uh, we said it during the interview with Connor Allen in the last segment. T. Higgins not going to play on Sunday for the Bengals as they host the Houston Texans week to week with a hamstring injury. Like, bad news for a Bengals team. I'm afraid I've got some bad news for you. A Bengals team on the ascent. No T. Higgins. It does look like Jamar Chase will play in the game. Limited practice for Chase today on Thursday. We'll obviously be monitoring his practice status coming up tomorrow on a Friday. Just a reminder and we'll get Ken's thoughts on that market with the Bengals and the Texans and then we'll get back to NFL awards. 20 minutes from now, the host of ESPN's College Game Day, the legend Reese Davis will join us here on You Better You Bet talking all things college football. Joey Knish and Evan Silva still to come. Power Hour, Final Hour, featuring all our bets for tonight. Ken, we'll get back to awards in a second, but where do we stand right now on this Bengals-Texans game? Burrow against Stroud, no T. Higgins now, basically confirmed by Ian Rappaport for Cincinnati on Sunday. Pretty predictable market movement in this game with with both reports, and obviously T. Higgins like looming larger right now, but just the right now, just the idea that the Bengals' offense is going to be shorthanded. Uh, this was kind of like six and a half with a couple sevens on the board a couple hours ago. All the sevens are gone. Uh, even the ones that were juiced pretty like prohibitively towards Houston, the six and a halfs are minus one ten, and for the first time, a couple sixes have appeared on the board in this game. So uh, you know, you're getting a sort of predictable movement. We were kind of going to come off seven anyway while we waited for Chase's status with Higgins out. Probably like the seven's never going to come back again. So like if you bet Houston seven, you've probably made a good bet that's going to age really well in terms of what actually happens in the game. Like I'd want to know if Chase was playing. I'd want to think more about it. But just the immediate impact is that a game that was on a key number at the start of the week isn't going to get back there or remotely close i think uh cincinnati about six six and a half now in the market it's like that r&b song i want to know if jamar chase is gonna play i'd like to know uh we'll give you our bets for this game coming up tomorrow phenomenal football friday with nick and ken the Bengals and the texans and the rest of the slate but for now jake please bring the music back up here and ken let's get back to p squared p squared nfl awards where we've hit mvp we hit offensive rookie, uh, offensive player of the year. Excuse me. We'll get to offensive rookie in a second. And we did defensive player of the year. If you're out there and you're like, hey, like I, I didn't hear them talk about that. I'm watching on Stadium right now. We did it in the first hour of the show, and you could find it wherever you find your podcasts. Just search "You Bet" wherever you find your podcasts, and you will find that and more from Nick and Ken on "You Bet or You Bet." Ken, let's go to offensive rookie of the year now. Where 
CJ Stroud's about minus infinity to win the award, minus 500, you know, following maybe the greatest game a rookie quarterback's ever played this past Sunday, 470 yards and five touchdowns. Stroud, now minus 500, one for each of the touchdown passes he threw last week. Puka Nakua, 7-1, to one. Jameer Gibbs at 14, Bijan Robinson at 22, and like, I, I'm sure the answer is no, but like, I see that price and... It's just like, maybe he gets rolling in the second half, or maybe not. Jordan Addison is 25. You'll love it at Will Levis, along with Devon Achan, both at 30. Bryce Young has dropped to 50-1 to ahead of tonight's game for the Panthers on the road at Chicago against Tyson Bajans and the Bears. Ken, thoughts on Offensive Rookie of the Year, and we can get the Defensive Rookie afterwards. Sure. Uh, in all of the polling at the midseason point, especially off of the game that he just had prior to all the content being written, should be no surprise that C.J. Stroud won every single ballot or got every single first place vote, was the winner of Offensive Rookie of the Year at the midseason point. He's definitely far ahead. Um, I had a lot of money on him to win, and I took that equity, like the profit I would make, and I spent it on Will Levis and Bryce Young, and then C.J. Stroud had the greatest game of all time. So I'm kind of like, all right, Stroud wins, I break even, see you next year, like don't lose any money. And uh, that's kind of where I'm still at. Would I add anyone right now? No. And it's not that prices won't drop. Like Bijan's price could drop for sure. You know, like well, maybe there's a couple other players who could have big second halves of the season. Will Levis could, for, to be fair, have a big second half of the season and do quite well. Just like the the amount of room that has to be made up, like I'd want to see it a couple weeks. And Stroud will still be a very prohibitive favorite in a couple weeks. Like, uh, you know, despite... Uh, even if he doesn't play very well, like this week against the Bengals, and Bijan has a really big game. Okay, Bijan's price will drop, but like the ground that has to be made up is massive. Uh, I think going forward, this is a dead market that's not worth discussing a lot for now. That doesn't mean it can't get interesting. And if we, if I see something interesting, I'll be sure to say it. It just feels like there's nothing interesting going on at this moment. Uh, by the way, just for Houston, and we talked about the T. Higgins injury status, and he's not going to play on Sunday, Perry and Rappaport. Uh, Nico Collins doesn't practice today with a calf injury for the Texans, and obviously he's been C.J. Stroud's number one receiver this year. So, like, may- maybe we'll get some more movements on this game. Like, we'll we'll see. This is shaping up as, like, a wild injury report coming up tomorrow for the Texans and the Bengals. Also, Keaton Mitchell added to the injury report today for the Ravens. Uh, he was really good last week for Baltimore against Seattle. We'll see about his status coming up tomorrow as well. Nick and Ken here on a Thursday talking NFL awards. That's Offensive Rookie of the Year. Ken, let's go to Defensive Rookie of the Year, where we have another big favorite in this market. Both like rookie markets are like, hey, here's a huge favorite for you. Uh, Jalen Carter of the Eagles, minus 300. Devin Witherspoon of Seattle, plus 300. Brian Branch of Detroit at about 12 to 1. Will Anderson of Houston, 14 to 1. Uh, anything cooking here or interesting here on Defensive Rookie of the Year? Uh, so Carter won every midseason piece of content and that makes sense i think everybody's kind of gushed over him for for several weeks now that he's been so good at pressure rate and they don't play him a ton and maybe a sack number isn't big but like everybody kind of you know the uh, consensus is that he's awesome and that witherspoon is the consensus second choice and the market reflects that um just my only thing which is kind of a continuation of what we've talked about just it would be pretty uh not easy but it would be possible for someone to eclipse Carter's very low sack number in the second half of the season, potentially. So this is not like, I think Stroud is more done than this is done. And I don't even mean because the price is more like, I mean, I think Stroud actually might be more likely to win than his price. And maybe Carter's this likely because there's no, there's no contender yet. Just that like, he's only ahead because everyone else is a zero, not that he's done a lot. So that's like how I would put it, where Stroud has actually accomplished a lot. Carter, like the sack number is really low. Just a name, I'll give a shout out to our guy Femi, who hosts a show over at VEASAN. He and I talk about awards. I mentioned him earlier in the week, just because this was a name that he brought up that he's monitoring. Player that got bet a little bit, a player that came in third on a couple ballots. 
uh, Byron Young, I think is the guy's name, the defensive end for the Rams, uh, who was like 100, 150 to one in the market, going to play a lot in the second half of the season, only behind Carter by like a sack, I think right now, or they're, they're very close. You would want, if you were going to try to take aim at Carter with another player, like you would obviously like an edge would be an easy add. You would want someone who could like, you know, for example, like let's say Carter finishes with a seven sacks and this guy has 10. Carter definitely wins. Does that make any logical sense to anybody, by the way, if that happens? Like, that's still possible. Like, we could still get that in the market. And, like, everyone's going to yell pressure rate. Like, great. Voters still don't necessarily behave like that in terms of how they vote for stuff. They like, you know, people who do stuff. That's what they like. And Carter looks awesome. But, like, if the results aren't there, this kind of turns into Micah Parsons last year for Defensive Player of the Year, where the number just wasn't there and Bosa got a lot of sacks. And so Bosa ended up winning. Could see the same thing playing out. Just like wanted to mention that name, big price, just something worth monitoring. I don't think there's a lot to add this week. So again, Carter minus 300 right now at our show sponsor, BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Nick and Ken here on a Thursday. Uh, NFL awards here. Uh, we only have two more award markets to hit, and I think both of them are like a little meaty. But Coach of the Year definitely is. Maybe Comeback Player of the Year is as well. So Ken, let's start the conversation on Coach of the Year, and we'll carry this into next hour on the show. Uh, at least one more full segment of awards, and we could probably stretch this out as well. Uh, Dan Campbell, the favorite to be Coach of the Year. Lions entered there by 6-2. and two. He was the favorite, and uh, they didn't lose or win. He's still the favorite. Dan Campbell, 2-1. to one. Mike McDaniel lost to the Kansas City Chiefs. He's still the second choice at 4-1. to one. D'Amico Ryans, uh, you know, C.J. Stroud's coach, 6-1 uh, to one, along with Robert Sala. I was a little surprised by the Sala price just because the Jets lost by 21 on Monday night to the Chargers. John Harbaugh and, Nate, and uh, Nick Sirianni, both at 14-1. to one. Doug Peterson is 16-1. to one. Kevin O'Connell, America's coach, and Mike Tomlin, both at 22-1. to one. Arthur Smith, 66. Mike Vrabel, 80 Sean Payton, 150 to one. A couple like long price coaches that I felt like mentioning with their prices associated, obviously, here. Uh, Ken, anything stand out to you in the coach of the year market? It's, it's usually a market that gets weird, uh, and it still can. After consuming all of the midseason content, and and I've kind of had my own opinions about how this is going to play out as well, uh, I am forced to conclude that Dan Campbell is a really likely winner of this award. And in the midseason content that was reflected, there were some other kind of more bizarre choices. Um, but I do think he has a, currently a stranglehold on this award as long as the team's performance doesn't suffer too much in the second half of the season. And it's actually less about like... I, I still think they have to have a gaudy record in order to win something like 13 and four or better. I just want to read their schedule in the second half of the season. The Lions are currently six and two. They're a three point favorite against the Chargers coming up on Sunday. The games that follow that eight of them Bears, uh, home Bears, home Packers at when, Saints. When? When? At, ba- at Bears. <laughs> when? Home, bro- home Broncos. Loss. At Viking, and then they play the Vikings twice in the final three weeks, and they play at Dallas in a really, really, really fun game at weeks uh, at Dallas in week seventeen. So, like, cool. Like Dobbs is a great story. Also, it's Josh Dobbs twice in the final three weeks, and those are the tough games. So, just what's a realistic win loss record for this team? I think thirteen and four. It's a really realistic win loss record for this team. Maybe fourteen and three. Uh, you know, have them drop the Dallas five game at worst. Yeah, but I mean, they got to drop Dallas to be twelve and five. They got to drop Dallas one D- Dallas like at Minnesota and another game like and Sunday and five at worst at yeah, worst right and yeah it's just I just saying like at, you're right at worst but like I think that's like a really fringe outcome. You're right that it's the bottom, it's the floor though, and just the way that this is being written about, I have like I entered midseason with the idea that twelve and five he would not win. 
like that would not happen because it was only a three game improvement and it was really unlikely that like someone else wouldn't emerge and just reading all the content of the midseason this actually correlates to a couple other previous winners and the idea isn't even going to be that they win a lot of games every time he's written about for this award it's that they they haven't won the division in forever they don't make the playoffs very often like this season kind of like ties a bow on the resurgence of the team and when you start to get that narrative the win-loss record becomes irrelevant to be perfectly honest and so like no one's even saying like oh man 14 13 plus wins and he gets it it's literally like yeah like nick Wright's roar restored like yeah like <laughs> has yeah, the roar been it. restored yes no but like yes but like yes, like that's what they like that's what they're writing. Like it's not even a joke. Like that's what it is. Um, so I, I I am sort of forced to conclude that like he is an insanely likely winner. In the next segment, we can talk about like okay, like who could actually beat him and what would that look like. I think it is a very very narrow band of candidates that have a chance to overtake this type of story. Um, so that was a big thing that came through at the midseason point was like he's ahead and he's far ahead because like I actually don't even think he has to win much more to get the award. And that's Dan Campbell, the favorite to win Coach of the Year right now, uh, plus 200 on our show sponsor, BetMGM. Some more award conversation coming up next hour with Coach of the Year, who could maybe beat Campbell, and then we will talk Comeback Player of the Year. Final hour of the show, Power Hour, will feature all our bets for tonight, but coming up next hour on the show, two great guests will join us as well, Joey Kanish, Pro Sports Better, but coming up to start the hour, the host of ESPN College Game Day, the great Reese Davis. <laughs> 